1: Hi everybody, this is Dave Hodges. I am the host of the Common Sense Show, and you already know that. And hopefully you already know that we're the show that's freeing America, one enslaved mind at a time. We're really glad to be with you. With a lot going on, we keep going back to the well to Paul Preston. He (laughs) is the president of the New California Movement. We're going to be talking to him about recent current events and developments, both with New California and the nation as a whole. But before we join Paul, I want to let everybody know that there's a couple of groups that make this show possible. The first group. Storable food, preparewithdave.com is what we call them. And I have to tell you guys, if you don't have storable food, well, okay, ask the people in Houston how well they did and how quickly the shelves are cleaned out when Hurricane Harvey hit. Exactly. We're giving you 70% off. You can collect the food two- and four-week packets. That takes away the sting of having to do it all at once. No glyphosates, no GMOs, 25-year shelf life. preparewithdave.com. Get the peace of mind that comes knowing that you have done what you need to do to help your family during a crisis we're also brought to you by Noble Gold look at you read Wall Street Journal everything else what are they telling you your pensions in trouble well pensions need to be backed by something of value Noble Gold's an expert at that they're putting a lot of precious metals into it and their returns have been fantastic and I want to refer you to them because this is what I think you need to be doing because it's what I've done and I got the peace of mind knowing that more than likely my pension is going to survive because gold holds its value. Cash does not. Give the good people at Noble Gold a call for a no-obligation interview, question and answer session, ask them anything they want, they're there to help you, and they intentionally do not pressure. Their number, 877-646-5347, that's 877-646-5347. Well, Paul Preston, President of the New California Movement, he's the host of agenda 21 radio one of the most popular radio shows that are out there today and uh, he's turning CNN into a nightlight and uh, they're, they're they're kicking ass and taking names excuse the expression I didn't think this movement would get this far in the beginning and now I don't see how it's going to fail Paul welcome to the show I'm glad you're with us
0: well thank you very much Dave for having me on the show tonight
1: Well, uh, it's distinctly our pleasure I, I, I have to tell you Paul the CalExit movement scared the hell out of me. Still does because of the subversives that are still around connected to it. But I thought they were going to pull this off at one time, but they didn't. The New Jefferson movement was co-opted. It failed. And then you're kind of like the last guy standing. Tell us where you stand right now with New California and what needs to happen to make this 51st state possibility a reality.
0: Well, you've you left out the uh, Tim Draper three-state thing.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, that's how much I take him seriously.
0: I know. Well, you know, it was interesting. He got himself actually on the ballot for the three-state initiative, and um, a, a extremist liberal environmentalist sued him to keep him off the ballot. And the guy won the lawsuit to keep him off the ballot, and the reason why he won the lawsuit is that Tim Draper's proposition was unconstitutional, it violated Article Four, Section Three of the Constitution, which is like you know kind of basic stuff. If you want to form a new state, you have to follow the Constitution. You think? <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, listen to this: the most extremist liberal court in the land, the California State Supreme Court, on a six-to-zero decision, tossed the case. Hmm. Tossed the case because it wasn't constitutional. It was just blatantly not constitutional.
1: Well, of course, and you are dotting the i's, crossing the t's, and you're you're kind of following the West Virginia model. Talk about that for a minute.
0: Well, and you know it's kind of ironic. We talk about West Virginia, given what the state of West Virginia or what Virginia is going through right now. But uh, yeah, we we uh, are are a constitutional movement, following Article Four, Section Three of the Constitution, and that part of the Constitution, which is the New States Clause is the clause in the Constitution. It's very. It has only been used, what, three or four times before. This, I, it, Technically, there's an argument whether it's been used four or five times that we're going to stick with the fact that it's only been used successfully three times, mm-hmm. but every time a state split under this type of design has been proposed, it's always succeeded. And the state split clause uh, gave us West Virginia and the last time that happened, of course, was 1861. And what the uh, Article 4, Section 3 basically states is that if you are wanting to form a new state, then what you have to do is you have to work with the state legislatures concerned and then that, with, then that of the Congress. So we are following that design, and we are following the Constitution. And the basic formula is the Constitution or the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights – And we're in, of course, case law, which case law, of course, is West Virginia. So we're following all that, and we're successful. We're growing. We're getting bigger. There are 58 counties in California right now. We have um, 47 that have gone through our certification process to become actually declared counties within New California. But we have five provisionals, which brings us up to 52. Now, the provisionals will be on board here in the next uh, couple of weeks, actually, uh they will be fulfilling their obligations by having a complete complement of people that need to be in their county committee so um 52 counties basically out of 58 counties will be on board with new california
1: that's incredible yeah so are, are the javier becerra's and the kamala harris are they crapping their pants
0: well you know um at this point they have their panties in the bunch i mean javier's got his panties in a bunch and so does. uh I mean, um, Kamala Harris and the rest of the group. I, I, call, them, I call them the San Francisco treats.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. These people are just amazing. You yeah. know, to digress for a second, when they had the State of the Union address, right. President Trump said something in the affirmative that everyone should agree with. I don't care what your political persuasion is. We're going to do what we need to do to stop child sex trafficking.
0: Oh, yeah. And
1: Kamala Harris was shaking her head no.
0: Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Unbelievable.
0: I, you know, I um, it, it, and I think maybe your your audience has heard me say this before, but you know, I have to declare that, that I was uh, specifically trained in some very very high intensity uh, trainings by the Los Angeles Police Department's Primes Against Children's Task Force mm-hmm. back in the '80s. And um, I have been carrying this with me. I have actually had to use some of the skills and techniques that they taught me to try and find, well, actually successfully find children that had been sex trafficked. And in fact, just a couple of years ago in, in my local community here, I was pressed into service and we found a child. It took them 10 days. They, they, the child was missing for 10 days and we found the child in four hours. Wow it's it's not rocket science actually if you know where to look and how to look but the, my bigger point is is that uh, child sex trafficking is not a small crime it's not a small business it's a multi-billion dollar business and to see Kamala Harris sit there and scoff and roll her eyes and, and do all the shameful things that she was doing sitting there as a sitting senator from California um, almost made me want to vomit I mean that that's just my life, and that's what I that's what I was seeing was somebody who was enabling all that uh, by her um well by her status. But
1: it's just... you know, and Pelosi's uh, scowling, acting like oh. a ten-year-old with her body language, and you got uh, ocasio Cortez and her antics that she was up to. Uh, you know, I don't know how anyone could look at these people and say I'm really proud of my choice to be a Democrat. I don't get it.
0: Well, you know what's so mind-boggling, Dave, to me, and I guess it will always be. I mean, I understand based upon my training, I get it. It's kind of like if you're learning how to drive, you you know how to drive a truck or a car or an airplane and those skills just kind of, or bicycle, those skills just kind of never go away. You'll always have them. Sure. You, you can still be in disbelief about the phenomena that you're riding a bicycle and you know how to balance and coordinate and all that but i just shake my head at these people um either they're they're incredibly ignorant or they're part of the problem and i i really have come to believe they're part of the problem they know full well that what they do and how they they're doing it is involves such things as child sex trafficking human trafficking and all the other the evils basically that Donald Trump and everybody else is trying to clean up they they represent that group, they represent the cartels they they are their representatives and you know how can you say when you take a look at Nancy Pelosi as she was shuffling through the papers and rolling her eyes and all that good stuff, how can you say anything else but the or come to that conclusion that she isn't doing nothing more than supporting the cartels worldwide criminal cartels and cabals? That are destroying this country, and of course, look at what she's doing about this whole invasion of the southern border this is this is the trafficking and human flesh and slavery wholesale, and she's a party to it she She supports it. What is wrong with the picture?
1: Paul you know, I said this it's so prophetic that you would say this at this point. I was speaking to Paul Martin, a good friend of mine from Colorado revolutionradio.org and I told him I said they have to be serving the cartels I mean actively working for them who would in their right mind be opposed to stopping child sex trafficking or drug trafficking or gun running but they are Mm -hmm. and and then flip the flip the coin over who would be opposed to let's just see who we're letting into the country good people yeah we need workers here let's process the good people bad people no we're not letting you in Who would be opposed to that?
0: Well, you know, um, it's hard to say, but what was pretty um, obvious is that we saw a lot of people last night opposed to just that. Yeah. Yeah. The bottom line is, is that uh, as we've talked many times here on your show, and I talk about it every single day on my show, Agenda 21 Radio, that um, this invasion isn't an invasion. It's a real, true invasion of our country. We are at war. There are people, there are elements of the deep state, the deep actors that, that are well coordinating all these activities. You know, you just don't hustle up 2,000 people to come to the border and meet at a certain point. Logistically, this you just don't make this happen spontaneously. It's not like spontaneous generation where you're, or a spontaneous fire. These people are well organized, coming from the places that they're coming to meet up in different places in the middle of Mexico to get onto buses and be transported to Tijuana or to McAllen, um, Texas. Yes. I mean, th- this is a logistical thing that has been well worked out, well coordinated, and clearly the Mexican government is on board with this. They, and, and you know, I, I'm, I'm sure you've been down to Mexico many times. I mm-hmm. have too. You know, you get to a certain place and they pull you over and you got to pay them a hundred bucks and you drive on. I mean, that's just the way it works. So, it, uh, what, what about a million dollars to move a thousand or two thousand people? and put them on those buses and get them up north. As you know, Dave, that's just nothing to these cartels and I'm sure that that's what happens. Um, it's, it's going on now. I but this, this is a planned strategy, the cloud and piven strategy to overwhelm us with civilians and citizens that uh, have, you know, have children with them uh, to uh, flood over overrun us at the border. And, and Trump knows this. He absolutely knows this. And so does Nancy Pelosi, because she's part of it. Her goal is to uh, buy time so more and more and more and more people can come across the border. That's what her strategy is.
1: I, I just i am flabbergasted that more people can't see through this. To me, the intent is clear. And... Um... I guess this heightens my frustration with President Trump only from the standpoint that there are deep state operatives connected to these activities that are vulnerable in other areas legally speaking and I just still saying when President Trump when are you gonna go after him
0: well I think he's actually going after him and um, I I think that people need to start watching and paying attention about some of the things that are going on I, I really think that Nancy Pelosi has been served notice I think there's some things around her and around her ilk if you will that um we're, i think we're starting to see a race to the finish here who's got what on who and whether or not nancy pelosi will survive or donald trump well my money's clearly on donald trump and uh, there's a lot of things just that are happening i think behind the scenes that people don't quite see yet but the the, the, the evidence is that the 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 tertiary evidence is is actually pretty clear as far as i'm concerned because you can You see their desperation. I think last night was a real good sign of complete desperation on the the Democrats' part. You have Ocasio-Cortez and some of these other younger um, Democrats that are putting a lot of pressure on the old crew out there, you know, Pelosi and Schumer. And they're uncomfortable with that. Let's just face it. They they are uncomfortable with Ocasio-Cortez. Now, that means she's, I'll be in a strange sort of way, she's playing for us. (laughs) I I think it's just kind of, it's a... kind of humorous if you think about it because she's just putting she's just absolutely driving nancy pelosi and the rest of them crazy and i say go for it girlfriend go for it <laughs> keep it up and she is she's not stopping she's not turning so you know the question is is she for donald trump or not <laughs> just being facetious there but uh, the socialist thing is really bothering them a lot and you know even bernie sanders of course he's he's on top of the whole Ocosia Cortez business, but within the fight, the fight within the Democratic Party, there's a dismantlement going on, and I think you're going to see um, the, the punching bag effect that Nancy Pelosi is basically becoming a punching bag for the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. It's not, I think it was a clear demonstration of that. Trump has set her up, and she doesn't even know that she's fallen. It's interesting.
1: I... I think she does know. And it, I'll tell you why. Look at her body language. Just go look at any of the clips with the State of the Union. I mean, she sees Trump as the destroyer. I mean, she was staring a hole through him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This is personal. This wasn't, I'm acting like I'm in opposition to these Republican policies. She, this is. It's personal for her. So I, I think she does know. And I wonder where Ocasio-Cortez fits into this. First of all, she's such a dumbass, she didn't even realize what branch of government she was elected to. Oh, and know. then she couldn't figure out why she hadn't been paid before the inauguration. And then on top of that, she knows nothing. So, I mean, is she just a stooge? I mean, she can't have the awareness, I don't think, that she knows what the forces are that are at work.
0: Well, and you know, Dave, I, I'm just telling you, i think she's the best weapon the best the best weapon donald trump has right now mm-hmm. think about it i mean uh look at look at how crazy it is um she she has uh, just absolutely divided the democratic party you know divide and conquer which is one of their techniques now the technique's being used against them in their own world and and that has got to be really disheartening to them and especially the other part of it too is who are these freshman Democrats that are all dressed up in white last night doing standing ovations for the comments that Donald Trump's making.
1: I I thought they were the Klan. <laughs> I was waiting to see the Burning Cross break out. <laughs> Where were the hoods? Where were the hoods? <laughs> there were some memes running around the net after yeah. the speech that were showing that and I just okay. Uh, were they really Democrats? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, exactly. That's my point.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, this is um, this this group of people is really not Democrats or socialists, and of course the theme that came out from uh, Donald Trump last night was that uh, they were socialists, and uh, he was calling them out. That's exactly what was going on. He was calling out the Democrats and warning them that socialism was going to die, and you know it's, it's not going to happen. However. Of course, in California, we are a socialist state. There's no question about it. There's absolutely no question we're socialist. And I think that uh, the efforts of New California, we, as, as you know, we had a constitutional convention on the 26th of January. And in that constitutional convention, we resolved with our own assembly and Senate, our own governmental system, we resolved three resolutions um, demanding that the president uh, declare California in a state of insurrection because they're in violation of the three basic elements of Article 4, Section 4, the Guarantee Clause, which means that the federal government, by way of Donald Trump, has to guarantee all American citizens who live in California a Republican form of government, Mm -hmm. and they have to uh, keep us free from invasion, and also they have to uh, keep us free from domestic violence. And all those are being violated, and we wrote um, nine pages, three pages, for each one of the resolutions, the whereas and what for us and we sent that off to Donald Trump and he did get a chance to read it and we did response from the president and um, his response was push on push on new california that was his quote to us he did not make it directly to us but the interme- intermediaries did they're very very clear about that and it was very very clear that in the the speech that was given last night that socialist discussion is one that we have had absolutely for weeks now almost well over a year mm-hmm. every tuesday when we register our grievances so um a lot of what came out in the president's speech last night was reflective of our document that we sent to him and we're we're just ecstatic about that because we have to stop socialism in this country we have to i mean unless we want to go on and you know have everybody rounding up the usual suspects and that sort of thing end up like communist china have you
1: uh seen some of the uh, messages coming out of venezuela where they're uh-huh. telling the world we used to have productive economy we had a society that worked until we embraced socialism have you seen those
0: oh yeah i've been following venezuela tightly um we still have some of our resources down there that um um we've had them for years actually talking to us and uh, they they went silent about six months ago these are american expats and they we have not heard from them and we're very, very concerned for their safety. But yes, we've been following this very intensely. And California is right there. California is the new Venezuela in three years. Interesting you'd say it that way. Um, I wonder how
1: far you carry the parallel, though. And here's what I mean by this, Paul. Um, in Venezuela, you've got Chinese, Cubans, Russians. And right next door, you got the Colombians and the Americans. Um, Are we going to see that kind of melting pot of potential conflicts in California as well, involving the same kinds of groups?
0: Uh, Absolutely, they're here.
1: Let's talk about that for a minute.
0: No, they are here. We've known this, uh, that they are here. And, um, you know, the the problem that they have here is that there's one major difference in California as opposed to Venezuela. Venezuela, you have a standing army, and that standing army um well you know and you've got divisions within the army and of course one of the things that maduro did was was very very smart on his part he made everybody a general so therefore they're all oh you know beholden to him and so he's got control over the military to a degree but there's the fracturing that's going on within the military because of the socialist policies and so on and you know soldiers need to eat too so what we have is a situation where he still is in charge of the military. In California, that is not the case. The case in California, Jerry Brown does not have control of the military, or not, excuse me, Gavin Newsom now, but the, the, the people in charge, they don't have that military part of it. They don't have the sheriffs. They don't have the highway The highway patrol serves as the state troopers in California we used to have what's called the state police, but back when they decided to pull in power in, and consolidate all power in a central location, they got rid of the state police, but then they turned that over to the highway patrol. They don't have the sheriffs. They don't have the highway patrol. They certainly don't have local policing agencies around the state of California, especially in, the, in light of Rennell Singh and, of course, uh, um, the, the Butte and Natalie Corona, just that that whole thing in Davis, California. Uh, that whole thing has fallen completely apart for for the for the for the leftists in California, uh, the, there's a, what's known as the California military. Now this is kind of interesting. We have a National Guard, we have a militia, and we can have a militia, but we also have what's called the California military, Dave. Hmm. And the California military, which is an offshoot of the, it's kind of like um, a group of people who play between the National Guard and the normal armed forces, at the uh, the federal government. And we're, we're doing an investigation on this, actually, about the so-called, quote, California military, because it seems to be a, an offshoot of a military organization that's able – are you ready for this? It's able to make treaties with other nations.
1: No. Yeah, I thought that was illegal.
0: Not in California with the California military. Um. Isn't that interesting?
1: No, but now, there's a that, law, and, I, and it's jumping out of my head now. But it prevents it prevents it, it, states from negotiating with foreign powers.
0: It prevents states from having standing armies. We don't have standing armies. We have the National Guard, but we don't have a nation, We don't have the California military. I mean, I don't know where this group fits in, but it's a big group, and they've actually been in other countries negotiating policies. Isn't that interesting? And there's more on that.
1: But how do they get away with it? That is unconstitutional.
0: Well, you know, they um, they actually remember the Georgian situation. There was this armed, you know, when uh, Soviet Union or the Russia uh, invaded Georgia. You know, you know what troops were there? The California military. Really? Yeah, in Georgia. Now, why? Why does that? But uh, let me get on to the other issue, though. That's the big... very revealing. <laughs> I know, and I, I'm I'm. I'm planting a seed for you, Dave. Okay, all right. I'll be quiet and let it grow. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> you're just gonna sit in the just like a mushroom sit in the corner and watch it grow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I know you, you're gonna watch that thing, you're gonna you're gonna get into it. But my and and so are we. We're you know, we're we're definitely looking at why why does the California quote military, a military group, end up in Georgia and why does it make agreements with places like the Ukraine? Hmm. Treaties. Treaties, Dave. Treaties. So that, of course, everybody's sitting one wondering, "Wow!" And of course, I meant, mentioned the Ukraine. Didn't I mention the Ukraine? Ukraine, mm-hmm. Ukraine, and uh, John Brennan, the usual suspects in Nazis, Ukraine. Nazis, Nazis.
1: Right, right, Nazis. Those guys. So you're saying California is connected to the Nazis?
0: No, I'm saying that the California military is making agreements with Nazi-esque groups in the oh, Ukraine. Yes, that's my point okay well anyway you have yours i have mine okay (laughs) but anyway so the um jerry the and i say jerry brown but the leftist in california uh, don't have the support of the policing agencies and they really don't have the support of the military but what they do have is a support though of all these uh otms and gangsters that have been coming across the board now otms are other than mexican Such as uh, Hezbollah and Hamas and ISIS and so on, that have become flooding across the border in California and using the potential to be used of secret weapons stores in California to overthrow the government. Now, that is a real possibility.
1: Oh, we i be darned. I just I, I have to go do some research on this to satisfy myself. <laughs> I, I can't think of the governmental prohibition, but there's a term. Right. That prevents states from negotiating with foreign governments. But I also know you're right because I published a picture on my website. It was about the CalExit movement, and they set up an embassy in Moscow.
0: In Moscow, right.
1: So I know you're right. right. I just don't know how they're getting away with it legally.
0: Well, I think they're pushing envelopes that just aren't there, and it's clearly what's happening and this is our argument in new california is they violated article 6 section 2 of the constitution which is the supremacy clause they've exceeded their legal authority um in terms of state law and exceeded federal law that's a violation of that article 6 section to uh, the supremacy clause which means that the u.s constitution is the supreme law of the land so if they are negotiating outside the bounds of the U.S. Constitution. And by the way, the only person who can do treaties is the president. He's the only one who can sign treaties. And with the consent of the, the Senate. Well, where's all that going on? See, that's not happening. That was not what was happening. And we we know of documents that actually exist with those signatures on them. Documents exist. I I, Dumbfounded. I mean, it just...
1: You knocked me over with a feather on this. I'm, okay, so California is its quasi own country. Did well, I tell you? I think you're gonna like this. You're gonna like this. I have a former associate, very very close, and this former associate um, has family members in real estate, and second second generation removed. They have helped Jerry Brown purchase a home in Belize, mm. where they have no extradition agreement.
0: Say extradition. yeah.
1: I thought you'd like to hear that.
0: Well, that doesn't surprise me, and I know that uh, he's got some sort of Buddhist thing going on right now. His property in uh, Calusa, we get reports about that with a lot of with a lot of young boys participating. Mm, mm.
1: So he's joined the Pelosi Club of Protecting the uh, Pedophiles.
0: Well, you know, Jerry Brown has a history, of course, in West Hollywood. Uh, So with Adam Schiff, 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 Schiff. In fact, it's, uh, what's his name? Um, Did I say Schiff, 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 Schiff?
1: (laughs) You did. I thought you were getting ready to cuss on my show. I've done enough of that tonight. But anyway, so Uh, what happened with
0: this? You know know what uh, the the president calls Adam Schiff, 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 Schiff? He calls him Adam "Mm." I can't say the word. Yeah. That's what he, he just doesn't go with the shift, shift, shift something. Um, yeah, but he's but anyway, um, Ed Buck, remember Ed Buck? Mm-hmm. He's a buckaroo. Ed Buck is um, out of West Hollywood, and he's a money bundler for Hillary Rodham Clinton. And he also likes gay black men, uh, young men, mm. and, and he likes to uh, introduce them to methamphetamine. And the younger the better, am I right? The younger the better. And um, it just so happens that just recently a body turned up in his house, uh, a man. Oh, that's uh, right.
1: Yes, 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 yes. One there, of the infamous donors that had dead bodies in his house. I remember that.
0: Now. He's on dos. on the mm-hmm. yeah spot A's. And uh, anyway, so the first one happened in 2017. A very young man. Um, about 19 or 20 years of age, who who Ed Buck at the age of 15 introduced him to methamphetamine. Now Ed Buck has a particular sexual predilection to watching young black men get turned on with methamphetamine by injection. It it, it has to be by... That's bizarre. No, no, no. At least I can get really tawdry. I'm not going to do that. But anyway, that's his sort of thing. And then this guy's body showed up in his house and, and of course, the LAPD and Sheriff's Department said, oh, it's no big deal, it's just Ed Buck, and he's a friend of Hillary Clinton and, of course, very good, close friend to Adam Schiff, 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 Schiff and also Jerry Brown, They're best friends, and Hillary Clinton. There's pictures of them together, you know, and um, so he hangs around with Adam Schiff, 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 and it's it's interesting about Adam Schiff, 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 Schiff in that um, he likes that community out of West Hollywood, and, of course, his, 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 uh, Congressional District is right there in Pasadena Burbank, which is right there next to West Hollywood. So you can see how accessible he has to Mr. Buck and his friends. Now I'm not saying that Adam Schiff, you know, partakes of what the same thing that Ed Buck does sexually, but it's pretty clear to what we understand is that there's some sort of relationship that Ed Buck and Adam Schiff 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 have had. Now, your audience and my audience can take that any way they want to.
1: I know how I took it. I took it about as literally as you said it. (laughs) And, uh, you know, no wonder California, I don't know if you've seen this or not, but the parents are up in arms there because uh, the government is trying to force the LGBTQ sex curriculum onto first graders.
0: And and you have a problem with
1: that? Do I have a problem with it? (laughs) (laughs) Do I have a problem with a six-year-old learning about sexual identities? Yeah, I have Uh, a problem with it. It's perverted.
0: We have in California 19 or 20 sexual um, identities now. Mm -hmm. No No more chromosome count for you
1: whatever happened to xy and xx i mean it's just what do well, we got we're up to 300 genders now is what i'm hearing
0: is that what it is on
1: um, that's you what know, i hear yeah that's what someone so an undergrad told me that and i said what would those chromosomes be i know xy and xx i know there's mutations like xyy you know called right. the super male syndrome xxy klein right. but those are still predominantly xy xx
0: and and by the way um for those of your um, audience out of here, who don't quite. I'm a geneticist, so I kind of get this. Uh, you know, understand it completely. But the um, X, X, there are normal males have an XY chromosome count. There's there's 46 chromosomes, 23 chromosomes, two of those chromosomes are sex chromosomes that determine your sex. Your your sex determination. So when your mom and dad exchange sperm and egg and they come together. Um, you have an X and you have a Y if you're a male, and you have an XX if you're a female. And sometimes that kind of gets a little screwed up. So sometimes you can have people that are XXY and XX mm-hmm. X, uh, uh, X and XXY. So you have, I mean, you have different com- And they com- It comes to a situation, oftentimes Klinefelter's or Turner syndrome, where these people, um, in terms of their gender. Now, their gender is just as mixed up, and I'm talking about the physical aspect of their genitalia is just as mixed up as, you know, you could possibly imagine. So there actually has to have some sex change operations that are conducted. These have been well known. Um, they are to keep the child alive at the time when they are conducted, and usually they're done at birth. Uh, so there is no, um, you know, and of course the gay community, the the, the LGBTQ people have extrapolated that to mean that people can just all of a sudden turn into male and female overnight because they think they are. And of course that's usually an environmental thing. It has nothing to do with their genetics. You have perfectly healthy XY individuals thinking they're XX and they're really not and XX thinking they're XY and vice versa. So there's a lot of gender confusion that's been foisted upon people by way of the environment. In other words, by publicity media and extremists such as the lgbq community now having said all that there's reasons for sexual orientation or sexual operations to you know correct various genetic features and that's that's a fact but not to what we're seeing today and not all these various there's only xx and xy and like i tell people i said you know if you want to really confuse me (laughs) find somebody who can tease out if you're a male, all the Y chromosomes in, insert new X chromosomes in all of the cells of your body. I mean, that is just not happening. It's, it hasn't. It's not going about to happen. And of course, there again is the pseudoscience that surrounds all this um, hocus pocus, if you will, in terms of chromo, chromosome count. And how many genders did you say? Three thousand? Well, three hundred is what I've been told. Three hundred. I mean. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it would make
1: going to parties interesting these days.
0: Well, it looked like Star Wars bar scene.
1: No, worse. Well, I think far worse than that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I just, wow, I, I shake my head at the time we live in. But see, Paul, there's a bigger issue here. You can get caught in the minutia of, is it 300 genders, and are we waiting right. for tic-tac-toe XXX to show up. I mean, you can get at all kinds of nonsense. The bottom line is, this they don't care about science. It's about overturning the culture.
0: Right. Destroying it. Exactly.
1: Yeah, that, that's the whole agenda. And this is why they don't care about science. I mean, we we're seeing this is incredible to me. I mean, there's not a month go by that I don't read about a tenured professor that's fired because they say there's two genders.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, the whole thing is to disrupt and destroy our culture. That's really what this is all about.
1: Absolutely incredible. We're not calling this out as a nation.
0: Well, and, you know, I'm I'm hopeful. Now, we're starting to see signs of it, actually, in the new California movement, where there's a real pushback in California against the Republican Party of the state of California, the state Republican Party of California. And I have never seen what I'm seeing. Of course, we're involved with the new California movement, so we're kind of extracted from that. We're not part of that. But we have a lot of people that have just literally parachuted right out of the airplane of the California Republican Party because the California Republican Party, in my opinion, is completely worthless and, in fact, is nothing more than an operational arm of the Democratic Party and uh, the globalists. They have... Uh, California Republicans have not won, really, anything significant election since 1996. And it's not going to get any better. We just have a monoparty communist system. But I'm seeing people really finally just fed up and wanted to do something and take charge. And that's where we see it in New California. Uh, We're seeing people really in California. Finally, the conservatives of California have realized that, uh, and again, it's been a very, very sophisticated methodology to suppress people's (coughs) opinions and news and information that they get here in California. So this has been a deliberate by design activity. And now all of a sudden, though, people have said enough is enough. And so they're calling us like crazy. We're the only outlet for people now in California is the New California outlet and we're all like-minded with them. We're even even Democrats, Dave. Demo- the, the the one of the places I get the most phone calls from about what's going on is San Francisco County. You think there'd be no confusion? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Sorry. Bad pun, but I mean accurate. No, totally but you know they 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 know these people I'm hearing from they know they know there's something really really wrong well you know and of course um, there is something really wrong and now of course they have options and Donald Trump is giving them some of those options and that's why last night's um state of the union speech was absolutely brilliant absolutely brilliant and the, it 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 basically it was instructive and it was directive. I think. And I think it was instructive in the fact that, uh, you know, making. I, I would say it's a it's a unification, and um, a unification attempt. I think he did unify the country a lot more than the Democrats would like to think. And I think he was a very very um, instructive in the sense that we are not going to become a socialist nation. That's a fact. We are not going to become a socialist nation
1: at least until 2020
0: no it's not going to happen and he's going to do whatever he can between now and then and that includes new california we know uh, based upon the language that we heard last night from the president that he is going to take action to put a stop to this and it will happen before 2020 absolutely it's going to happen we know that there's a time frame you know um we've been in touch with our sources and we we were very, very comfortable with what he, we we're uh, really overwhelmed. A lot of the stuff that he was saying about immigration, illegal immigration, and uh, of course socialism is just exactly the same things that we've been putting out in our grievances for the last 54 weeks.
1: What's the next step for Trump?
0: Um, he's going to consolidate his power. He's going to finish up this negotiation. He's going to get his wall, and uh, Nancy Pelosi is—he's going to get it one way or another. He has options to get the wall, and as you know, he's got still money in the pipeline to continue building large portions of the wall. It's a matter of time before he gets all the money he wants. He can declare a national emergency, or he can he can uh, start to bring military um, assets to the border. And, of course, they're going to need requirements down there, and building a wall could be part of that requirement. There's different ways to finance, finesse the wall, and I think he's going to get his wall. No, no doubt he's going to get his wall. And Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats are going to become continually marginalized as we have. We, last night was the marginalization of the Democratic Party. He did a great job. I mean, like I was telling people last night, I said, it's showtime. It, Donald Trump is in stride now. Donald Trump, you know, he, he's, he's the apprentice guy out there. He's, he knows the media. He knows what's going on. He knows the game. And he called it out last night and now everybody has to play his game it's wonderful and nancy pelosi couldn't she was beyond herself and all the democrats they just didn't see anything coming at least they could have what they what they could have done is read his speech beforehand and realized some of the stuff that he was playing up to with the camera was i cool. um
1: i i can't remember the show one of the late night talk shows I don't watch the garbage, but we got in late last night from a game and I turned it on, turned on the TV. And this one guy, I don't know who he was because I don't watch these shows, but he went on for 30 minutes about the state of the union and he would say, well, Trump said this and he'd go off on it. And there was nothing intelligible. Right. Paul, I was trying to make sense out of his argument. Okay. What is it that this guy is upset about? And I couldn't even get anything out of it other than let's make fun of his hair, his nose, let's do some voice inflection imitations. But there was nothing of substance and they used 30 minutes of network time.
0: Right.
1: Uh, I, I just, the, it just mind boggles me that the concentrated effort there is to discredit Trump and they're getting to the point where they just say anything and see, here's what they didn't learn. And, and, There's something I noticed in the Republican primary when you had 16 candidates and everybody in the mainstream media ganging up on Trump. The American people got behind him at that point in time. Yeah, because I think Americans hate bullies and they saw the collusion that was going on. And the Democrats have already crossed that line. They're not winning over the people.
0: No, no, they're not. And uh, uh, that's why I said when I saw Nancy Pelosi doing what she was doing, which was so childlike. You know, Trump was winning the argument right there. And you knew everybody had a feeling Nancy Pelosi was going to do some sort of stunt, and she did. You know, all my listeners and, and people who I had contact with were telling me they were expecting that Nancy Pelosi was going to pull some sort of stunt. And she did. <laughs> and it was childlike. You know, she's 80-some years old, and she was acting like a little little baby girl. I know. I, I really – I said at one point in time – I think it was this morning, Sean <laughs> – Maybe I said it yesterday. Just expect her to start sucking her thumb. Did you see the visual?
1: Yeah, I did. I I, I saw her it's continual right. face, facial expressions. The body language says, I'm six and I'm not getting my way.
0: <laughs> That's right. Yeah, seven years.
1: That's what oh. I saw. And, and I'm thinking, my, my gosh, you're, you're a giveaway here. Um, I mean, when you don't agree with someone, and you want to appear to be fresh professional. And I think that, Speaker of the House, you should have a, some kind of decorum about you. But you would sit there and be stoic. And you would applaud the obvious things and ignore the things you disagree with. And that's your statement. Right. But that's not what she did. She went. She went. She She played the child card.
0: She did, and um, that's a loser.
1: I, I'll tell you something. I, I wrote an article, and I get your reaction to this. Uh, I said, Kamala Harris is playing the stupid card to get elected. And I went through the stupid things she's talked about. No private health care, no private ownership of cars. I forget her tax rate. I get the Democrats numbers confused, but say 70% for the sake of argument. And I'm saying, this is pure stupidity. People aren't even going to work if you're taxed at that level. And then I went on and made the point. I said, she could win because 50 percent of america is dumber than a box of rocks and a lot of them want something for nothing they want their participation trophy they don't want to have to do anything what do you think about that statement
0: oh, i think it's true i agree with it but uh, you know the um you know you got to remember that who kamala harris is maybe your audience doesn't understand willie brown <laughs> i know where you're going she had an affair with Willie Brown yeah. when he was married, of course. The wife didn't know anything about it.
1: They thought pay to play was only the Clinton Foundation.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it works out here in San Francisco. So Kamala Harris followed the same pathway to success by going like what Jerry Brown did mm-hmm. with Willie Brown's help. She became the prosecutor of San Francisco and then kind of you know humped her way all the way up into, the, into Sacramento as the attorney general following in the footsteps of Jerry Brown. And, and of course, the interesting thing that a lot of people don't understand, Jerry Brown, he was elected governor in 76 to 84, two terms. And then in 1990, we had uh, term limits that were brought in saying, oh, we've got this this, uh, legislature that's out of control. And the guy who's controlling all the legislative pieces and stuff, we need to get rid of him. And his name is Willie Brown. Now, in the meantime, in this proposition, I think it was Prop 14 or 144 or something like that. We're going to say term limits, that you can only be limited to X number of years as an assembly member and X number of years. You have to be limited. You can't live there forever like Willie Brown is. But if you're governor, you want to be governor, well, we're going to limit you to two terms, and that applies to anybody after Jan- or November 1990. And there you go. There you have it. Well, the only person that applied to after 1990 it was Jerry Brown, so he it was eligible right there for another two terms to be governor. In 1990, and it was Slick Willie that was pushed out of term limits, and of course he was he was banging um, Kamala Harris at the time, hmm. and so you know that was his. And then he go, he goes on and becomes the governor or the mayor of San Francisco. So it's it's a very incestuous thing. But here's the caveat to all this. Jerry Brown becomes elected in 2006, 2000, no 2004, to be the Attorney General of California. And he's the Attorney General for, forget, in California. And he's absolutely wreaking havoc on the law enforcement capability of a, of California through the Attorney General's office, right? And especially the Bureau of Narcotics Enforcements with the DOJ. And um, so, lo and behold, who runs to replace him, because he's running for governor, who runs to replace him? Kamala Harris. So Kamala Harris wins, and she gets sworn in in January of 2011, and Jerry Brown becomes the governor again. Lo and behold, you know the Constitution prohibited him from becoming governor, except for that proposition that was run in 1990. So he returns for a third and fourth term. Well, the first thing he does, the very first thing he does, he and Kamala Harris join forces, and they get together to destroy, within the Department of Justice, one of the finest, by the way, the Department of Justice has been around a long time, but they've also had in, within them one of the finest law enforcement agencies in the nation known as the California Bureau of Narcotics Enforcement. So what do they do? They sign, They sign legislation to do away with them. They starve them out and they force 400 agents in California who had been trained specifically to fight the cartels, to prevent marijuana grows and so on, they get thrown out. And there's an open door for the cartels to grow marijuana in California. And boy, did they do it. And then you tie that in with, of course, the, the whole notion of legalizing recreational pot will these cartels get billions of dollars california's largest cash crop for export has been marijuana for the last five or six years primarily because kamala harris and jerry brown did away with that bureau of narcotics enforcement that's kamala harris
1: yeah i know it's a wonderful web they have over there in the democratic party paul we're just about out of time and we're going to continue to track the progress of new california Let's hope as uh, your dream becomes more of a reality that President Trump also goes on parallel tracks and puts some of these people in prison. Anyway, I have to say that every time I talk to you. But anyway, um, tell the people how they can follow your good work.
0: Well, the, um, every, every uh, day from Monday through Friday, uh, 6 to 9 Pacific Time on, on Red State Talk Radio, with uh, agenda 21 radio and that's a21r.com a21r.com is the website and of course new cal we talk a lot about new california uh on the same show so newcaliforniastate.com. Newcaliforniastate.com new is the website to get our information about what's going on with the 51st state in the united states called new california
1: sounds good and um paul i tell you it's amazing what you've accomplished and you and your people are to be congratulated Let's hope uh, things move along because uh, we need to negate those people in Sacramento. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Common Sense Show.
0: Thank you, Dave.